I chose rapture. Andrew Ryan's piped-in speech came to its climax just as the underwater city appeared before the window of our bathysphere. Little Maddie's mouth dropped open at the sight of the bright neon signs, imposing statues and looming buildings that slowly revealed themselves amidst the deep blue water. I picked her up and propped her on my hip so she could get a better look. Her small fingers splayed against the glass bubble of the watercraft as her wide blue eyes roamed the scenery. I cast a glance at Clara. She looked equally as entranced, despite the arms crossed over her chest, despite the skeptical look on her face. But in her eyes there was wonder and fascination. A small smile curved my mouth. Months of talking, months of persuading, convincing my wife of just under five years to leave our quaint little hometown in Ohio behind, of uprooting our daughter just as she was about to start school, so we could start over in the near-mythical capitalist's dream, also known as rapture, had been difficult, to say the least. But I knew it was the right choice. <clears throat> so as I was saying, Mr. Winters, Sean Rigby, our realtor, and the spindly man who'd glued himself to the back of the bathysphere during the whole descent, said, clearing his throat. Ryan's speech continued to stream through the speakers, but his words went unheard as Rigby resumed his shtick. Apollo Square is a very family-friendly area with lots of facilities I'm sure you'll find to your liking. It's close to Fontaine's department store, and the Ryan the Lion Preparatory Academy is just a few connective tubes away. His attention drifted to Maddie. Your little one's about the age to go to school, right? Have you given any thought to picking a school yet? I shook my head. Detailed information about rapture had been hard to come by back in the States. Or on the surface, rather. We were going into this a little blind— and that's probably what scared Clara. Not yet. What's this, Ryan the Lion? she asked, raising an eyebrow as she tore her gaze from the watery metropolis. She smirked at me. Sounds like someone's got an ego. Well, I think you'll find that it's a well-deserved one, ma'am, Rigby said, then dipped his head apologetically, begging your pardon. You'd have to have an ego to build a place like this. I found myself saying as I turned my attention back to the city. Maddie was leaning forward now, her face so close to the glass that her breath was leaving a circle of fog on it. "'Wow!' she breathed, her mouth stuck in a permanent smile ever since we'd begun our descent. "'Is this real, Daddy? Really real?' She twisted around to look at me, and I nodded. She giggled and leaned back into me, her arms wrapping around my neck. Are we going to live under the water? We sure are, Pumpkin. She gasped and marveled at a whale that glided by as our bathysphere drew nearer to the city. I tried to read each and every one of those neon signs, but it was too much to take in all at once. A pink and yellow sign that read Cohen's Collection, Fine Arts. A green theater marquee, Fleet Hall. A circular sign, Bellamia's High Fashion. Now at least I know where Clara will be spending all her time. There was a sign for a casino called Surprise, and another that caught my interest, Robertson's Tobaccaria. Good. I'd been under the impression I'd have to quit, 
and so had Clara. We soon dipped into a circular tunnel whose supports were crowned with a series of signs that lit up as we neared them. I read each as we passed. All good things of this earth flow into the city. A touch too idealistic for my tastes, but a little optimism never hurt anyone. If this place was even half what people had made it out to be, it'd be good enough for me.'